walk into this room at your own risk. Logic is an enemy and truth is a menace. The signpost up ahead, your next stop, the twilight zone. That the sons of God saw, the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Stamp eternity on my eyeballs. I don't know anybody else that ever prayed it, maybe we said it. We live in a generation that's literally brainwashed. I've never seen anything like it in my life. This generation will embrace anything. There were giants in the earth in those days and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children. The same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. And I'm here today to tell you that we're actually hacking the software of life. You live in an insane society, for there is no fear of God in their eyes. And we're in a fight for our lives. The church is being persecuted like it's never been persecuted before. And some churches refuse to even open up. They're so afraid. And it, it, will, it will be biblical. We've never lived at a time like we're living in right now. But you know, if God should stamp eternity or even judgment on our eyeballs, or if you like, on the fleshy table of our hearts, I'm quite convinced we'd be a very, very different tribe of people, God's people in the world today. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. Good morning and welcome to the Removing Confusion podcast. It's April the 28th, isn't it? Yep. 2022. Lots of stuff, lots of stuff, lots of stuff to go over today. And we do, we've do. we been getting into a lot of stuff anyway. But the reason for it is there's a, a tsunami of junk coming our way. And we need to be aware because there's very little truth being told anywhere. Yes, you do. Ah, uh, this is where the talking begins. Okay, enough of that. We, uh, just don't know usually where to start i i write notes out but uh what a what a mishmash right we've got so much stuff happening i i I didn't talk about this yesterday when i came out uh because to me it's you know it seems like a small thing that the richest man in the world elon musk owner of tesla and spacex and all kinds of whatever he's i think he's he owns a space something or another, uh, bought t- Twitter, 
didn't didn't become the nine percent shareholder, just bought the thing. And when you have multi multi billions of dollars to play with, you can do those kind of things. And you know, make, to me, no big deal. You know, I've been trying to get back on my Twitter account, and I believe I've been cut completely out, or maybe I stayed off long enough that they uh, don't recognize me anymore. But I never used it that much. You know, Twitter has always been for the uh, the elite types that want to, you know, let everybody know what they're thinking. And, you know, I let you know what I'm thinking right here. And God bless those that stick with me and, and, and do, you know, give me a little bit of uh, credibility. <laughs> if, if that's the right word to use at this point. But, you know, it's it's just one of those things that, you know, Elon buying Twitter didn't really, I, you know, to me it wasn't, it was, it's news, yeah, and it's, it's, it's something, but um, it really has rocked the world, at least the liberal world as we know it. They have lost their ever-loving minds. They've come out. Cry, they showed the people crying because Elon Musk bought Twitter, the people that work there. There's uh, a lawyer for Twitter. Uh, forget her name. Doesn't make any difference. She she uh, burst into tears during an interview, I guess. It, it just, you know, come on. Did you lose your job? Did you lose your, you know, who knows how many hundreds of thousands of dollars a year salary or more? No, you didn't. You just have a new boss. And as the old who song goes, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. But I guess this is going to be a little bit different from that because Mr. Musk has got some ideas. He believes in something that, oh, I can't believe he even considers it. Freedom of speech. Now, he hasn't said you're going to be able to come on Twitter and say anything that you want as far as threatening and, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, I guess you can still be as blasphemous as some of those people on there have been. You know, you can be like Cammy Harris, you know, that we're going to listen to a, a very funny four or five minute uh, back and forth here in a minute or so or down the road here in this show. Uh, but where she th- says, you know, love thy neighbor means get vaccinated. You know, she she spoke that out at Ebenezer Baptist Church down in Georgia. You know, because that's where a person who believes in murdering babies. And, you know, predominantly when we we discuss abortion here and there, uh, it's it's one of those topics that bugs me because it's it is murder. And it's becoming more and more as they kill the young babies newly born. If they're born, they just let them lay there and die, or maybe they stab them. I don't know. These people are disgusting. Uh, I had a, a pastor friend. He's gone on to see Jesus, and uh, he used to be really big in this, and he, he met a guy that did abortions. It was the abortion doctor in, uh, in uh, Dayton, Ohio. And he told me one time, he says, I, you know, and this is a Pentecostal preacher, you know, to a certain degree, he's moderately Pentecostal. 
but he, he said, you know, you, you can feel evil sometimes. You just know it's there. But when he said, when I came face to face with that guy, he said, he is the most evil person I've ever seen or ever met. And I could, I think that that's probably a good testimony because you can't be all human and do that job. A lot of things are happening over this Twitter deal, though. I don't want to get off on my abortion rant. A lot of things are happening about this Twitter deal. The government, United States government, under the watchful eye of Joseph R. Biden, the honorable, (laughs) you know, former vice president, senator, and now president of the United States. Now, you know, it's kind of funny. I got a a joke I came up with a while back. It's really just a punish thing. But, you know, the P's are always silent in, in government now. Pfizer, you know, the drug company is P-F-I-Z-E-R, Pfizer. But you don't say the Pfizer. And then you have the press secretary. Her name is Jen Psaki. P is in there. There's a P, Psaki. You know, but you don't say Psaki. You say Saki. But now we have the president in the White House. Actually, the P should be silent. He's the resident in the White House. Anyway, you get it. Okay. Let me carry on. They've decided to enact a 1984 style disinformation governance board. Like I say, Elon's got them all excited down to the point where now we have a governance board of disinformation. They're going to be the ones that say, Mr. Musk, you have to take, you know, Joe Slimy off of your Twitter because he said the vaccines don't work. Or he brought up the thing about chemtrails. We don't have, there's no such thing. And do you know what a chemtrail is? What a segue, eh? My buddy Mike, I can't, I'm going to get him back on with me. Because uh, we, we, uh, we, I think we work well together. We've known each other for many years. But uh, he sends me stuff all the time in my, our MeWe chat. And, uh, uh, he, sometimes he really, he really unloads on me. It's good. I, I like it. Cause it gives me stuff to talk about. And, uh, he sent a thing today. Uh, now if you don't know what chemtrails are, we've talked about them before just briefly here and there, we will probably get deeper into that one of these days. And, uh, I'm not an expert. I just, I know I've, I've read about it. I've, I've, I've listened to some real, real experts, and the one I would push you towards is a guy, but I think his name is Dane Whittington uh, or Dean. It might, I think it's Dane, though. You, you check him out. Uh, you go on YouTube and look, look up um, the dimming, the dimming, and, it, and you'll find it's under uh, uh, geo. Okay. Anyway, geoengineeringwatch.org or .com. You get in, you know, you guys all know how to run a, a a search engine and which ones to use, which ones not to. But you go and check out that video. It's an hour and a half, I think, long. And they talk a lot about the, the uh, there's patents on all this stuff that they use in airplanes to spray all kinds of malarkey into our atmosphere. 
Now, not that long ago, Bill Gates was talking about throwing chalk into the atmosphere to block out the sun. They want us to freeze. They want us to not be able to grow viable crops. That way, we'll be forced to eat their genetically modified organisms that they put into the, everything else we eat. And those aren't going to grow without the sun. So there you go. But they've been spraying things into the atmosphere. This this was an interesting one. Uh, in, in I forget where it was. Another nation, another country. They were having a real recent uptick in malaria. And uh, they're they've determined it's coming from spraying from above. There is only one way to put this, and I tell my wife all the time and anybody that wants to listen, because it is true. There is a cabal of elitists. Klaus Schwab at the WEF and uh, probably uh, Gates, of course. You know, all the, all those big shots. There's a few outliers, you know, George Soros. You know, and all these people are controlled by an entity. And that entity, uh, Jesus said, he is a murderer, a, dis- a liar, a murderer, and, uh, and a, a liar, thief, and murderer from the beginning, Satan, the devil, and his kingdom. He has his, he has his kingdom, too. It's a kingdom of darkness. And it's all about those three things, lying, stealing, and killing. If you fall into any of those categories, hit your knees, ask God to forgive you, and turn around and go the other direction because you don't want to follow Satan. But these people, I believe, whether they do it willingly or not, hey, they want to be rich. They want to be powerful. They want to be heard. So therefore, they've sold their souls, which if that's possible, what Jesus even said, you know, what, what profiteth a man if he give up his own soul for everything else, for the whole world? It profiteth, profiteth him nothing. Uh, some of the other things we talked about yesterday when I brought up that anagram or acronym, whatever that word is I'm thinking of, FANG, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google, all having profit share drops. Uh, Anchor, or not Anchor, sorry, Spotify has decided Barack Obama will not have his podcast contract renewed. People just aren't interested so much in what that blowhard has to say. Oh, you're a racist. You called the former African-American white president a blowhard. No, I'm saying the truth. He's a blowhard. And like I said yesterday, Kamala Harris is trying to emulate him in a female position with that bobbing of the head and the, the little pregnant pauses within her speeches. You watch her. And then you look at him, the turning to the side. So you get the profile. You know, look at me. I got a nice profile. People want to hear what I have to say because I'm important. And then, you know, they can inflect whatever they want. They can talk like a southerner. 
or they can talk like a Yankee. Whatever they want to do, wherever they they're they're chameleons. They they fall into whatever group they're in. Which brings us to the next segue in our little dissertation today. Laura Ingram had a guest by the name of Newt Gingrich, Gingrich, an old speaker, former speaker of the House, Newt. He had some decent things to say. Therefore, I have decided to add him into the show today uh, with the interview that they were having. I hope. Yes, I lost it, which is very possible because I do a lot of dumb stuff in my life. Technology, folks. It just I'm, I'm thumbing through. Here we go. It's there. Newt Gingrich. I've heard the president say over and over again that he has never spoken to his son his about his business dealings. Has he ever spoken to his son's business partners about his son's business dealings? Again, nothing has changed about what I said yesterday. The president does not get involved in the business dealings of his son. Even through his son's business partners? Nothing has changed since what I said yesterday. That woman, that's that's Jen Psaki, where the P is silent. Saki. I think she's been drinking some sake. Uh, she's getting ready to leave her position as the press secretary and can't do it soon enough. But you know what they say, better the devil you know, because the next one may be worse. She's a real piece of work. I mean, nothing has changed from yesterday. How stupid do they think we are? Uh, and I, I know I, I set this up as Newt, but you know that, that was just a little thing to begin, and that you'll get to hear from Laura here in a second about what she thinks, and I think the same thing, is you're going to tell me that, you know, all these, you know, Thanksgiving Day supper, you know, after Hunter comes out of the bathroom from his, you know, smoking his crack, ah, Dad, you know, I know what I did in China, you know, and then he never talked about any of that. I call BS, and we go on. The continued denials from the White House are becoming uh, a little bit uh, unbelievable, don't you think? Now, brand new reporting from the Daily Mail reveals that Joe Biden agreed to pay his son Hunter's legal fees for his deal with this Chinese government controlled company. So he was only able to pay the bills after he earned millions of dollars through his and his wife's companies after he left the office of VP. And here now is former Speaker of the House. Let's just discuss that for a minute. He was only able to pay Hunter's uh, legal fees after he left the office of vice president under Barack Hussein Obama through him and his wife's companies. Let's put that in scare quotes. What kind of companies do the Bidens have? Did, did, are, have, they been, have they been shuffled off like Trump was forced to do with all of his companies? I doubt it. Because these are probably shell corporations that just funnel away all the tax money and everything else that goes on in government that's dirty. But uh, let's listen to Newt. Fox News contributor Newt Gingrich, also author of Defeating Big Government Socialism. Um, Newt, the left was so obsessed, remains obsessed, with Trump's finances. These seem to be growing ever more glaring and obvious on the part of Biden every day. And yet Saki every day is like, oh, nothing to see here. Your reaction to all this? Well, look, nobody on the left 
is going to admit that you now have a corrupt family uh, with a lying president, uh, even though it's it's patently obvious. Uh, Joe Biden did not put $800,000 into paying his son's legal bills with no knowledge. There weren't 27 uh, different occasions where business associates of Hunter Biden were in the Obama White House. And again, this isn't just Joe Biden. It's also Barack Obama. Uh, it's hard to believe that there were 27 different visits and Obama didn't notice that it was on the schedule. Uh, at the same time, I think the much bigger story that will break presently is the millions and millions of dollars that the Chinese communists gave to the University of Pennsylvania while Joe Biden had established a little school there. Now, all that's been secret. The University of Pennsylvania refuses to admit how much money they've taken from the Chinese Communist Party. Biden refuses to admit how much control he had over the money. And you take that kind of corruption and then you add to it what was happening with Hunter Biden, who apparently was getting money from China, from Ukraine, from Russia. I mean, it, it was amazing to look at the footprints around the world as the Biden family business. And that's really what it was. It's a Biden family business. It's not just about Hunter Biden, but it's about the current president of the United States, who I think clearly has lied to the country over and over and over about this issue. Look, to just take the flights on Air Force Two, where Hunter was with his dad going to China. They, they want to tell us that on a 14 or 16 hour flight, uh, Joe never said, gee, Hunter, what are you doing over here? How's the business going? Uh, also, the reference that Hunter himself made, which came up, I think, through the laptop, uh, that he was literally half his money was going to subsidize his father. Now, this was during a period when Joe mm. Biden was the vice president. This wasn't when he left office. And it's amazing to me that you could have this blatant level of, of clearly taking foreign money in an illegal way uh, by the vice president of the United States and his family who are running a family business. That's that's what really is involved here. It includes Joe's brother, includes his son, uh, and it's clearly the exploitation of his public office in order to enrich the family. We thought that Can you imagine what he's doing now with unfettered access? To the entire world. Although it's come to our attention that most of the world that makes a difference, the Saudi Arabians for one, won't even take his phone call, so I guess we're safe. But, you know, you think about what they're saying there. First of all, like I said before, he can only pay off the son's legal fees by using the money that him and Dr. Jill created through their companies after he left the vice president's office. And then down the road there, a little piece, you know, the another Ivy League school that we can throw under the bus that's going China, you know, University of Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania, UP. So the, the, uh, what do you do? I'm a University of Pennsylvania. What do you, what do you do? When you see, I'll tell you one thing, you don't send your kids there. But they want to be a doctor. 
the lawyer or an Indian chief. Well, you know, guess what? There's all kinds of places you can get those degrees, but it's not Harvard or Yale or, or you know, whatever. We've got to take the country back somehow. We really do. And you just see, like he said, you see the footprints all over the place. And we're the main footprints of Hunter Biden landing. Ukraine with Burisma oil or gas. And then China and Russia with the $3 million payout. Of course, China. You know, these things, if they implode, which they, they will, you can't, you can't get away with this stuff forever. Now, he kept saying, it's a Biden family business. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I wish I could key up the uh, uh, Godfather theme right about now because it fits. Do, 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 you know, whatever. Uh, that's what it is, man. You know, these people are so devious, so crooked, and so inept in what they're doing because they get caught. But they, they, they know if we get caught, nobody cares. We'll just carry on because they're not going to do anything to me. I'm Joe Biden, and you're my son. They won't touch you. Guess what? I think somebody's going to touch him. I really do. Because things are getting uglier and uglier and uglier out there in Biden world. And they don't care about him because they don't like him. They're, they're using him. I've said before and I'll say again, he, he, mentioning of Barack Obama, 27 times these business partners of Hunter came to the White House. They didn't come to see Barack Obama. They came to see Biden. And you can't tell me that Barack Obama, the micromanager that he was when he wasn't golfing, didn't know his VP was meeting with these guys. He probably got it cut. Now, you know, I don't want to bear false witness. I never do. But we already know these people are all in it together. What do we do next? You know, my 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 producer, uh, Otis over here, he's he's a lot of help, but he doesn't keep my notes very well put together. Food growth. How about that? Let's just jump right into something that we all have an interest in. 80% of our veggies, which we used to grow 80% here and then ship 20% elsewhere. Uh, now 80% of it's grown in places like Mexico, Peru, Chile, We are way down on that. What happens if we step on the Mexicans a little bit? You know, start that, you know, enforce the border. Uh, start doing real good checks on trucks coming across, carrying our veggies and fruits and whatnot. Oh, you can just say, well, guess what? That 80% that we send you is not coming at all. Or we'll cut that way back. Because people in Ukraine and Africa are needing this stuff too. We could be in a very, very precarious situation food-wise. If Mexico pulls the plug, we starve. Pharmaceuticals, the bulk of them come from China. We've outsourced so much. 
if they pull the plug, we we succumb to our diseases, diabetes, heart disease, blah, blah, blah. You get the idea there. Wheat from Russia in the Ukrainian area. That plug's already been pulled. How many people are wanting to go out there and plow a field with rockets, bombs, and bullets flying over top of your John Deere? There is going to be an upset there that we can't even imagine. The uh, next clip we'll get into here in a bit. I just want to touch on something. Here's the they talk about food inflation here in the United States. Pork is up 15.3%. Apples, seven. that's apples that you eat, not your Apple iPhone. Apples, 7.2%. Butter, 12.5%. Sugar, 8%. Milk, 13.3%. Ham, 14.6%. Now, you know, you might say, well, yeah, you know, doesn't, is that really a lot? Well, let's say you want to buy some butter, and butter was costing you $3 a, a stick or a, you know, a box, whatever you, tub, whatever you buy. So $3, and you take that times 12.5%, and we'll just make it easy. That's 13 cents on the dollar for the most part. So that's 26, 39, actually 39 cents or more. Unless my math fails me, and it usually does. That's not much, but when you, when you start putting that across your entire grocery bill, you know, you, who, who's buying steaks these days? Rich people. You know, hamburger has become the staple food of meat. Sausage, maybe. It's ham's up 14%. Pork's up 15%. And that equates to a lot. And you go and you start looking around. Uh, veggies, some of the vegetables I've bought, frozen ones, I admit it, you know, because they last and I can, I like them you know, have gone up about 25%. A bag. That's not even a pound usually. It's 12 ounces or something. You know, potato chips and all those, all those little sundries that you like, cans of soup, whatever it is, you just go start looking around. You try to remember, you know, eight months ago, a year ago, whatever, what did it cost then? What does it cost now? And why does it keep going up? It's a a multitude of things, a multitude of things. First of all, we have an interruption called COVID-19 that got in the middle of things and kind of messed up the whole world. And the things that we used to take for granted here in the United States was we always had a selection of stuff. You know, I, I brought up in a in a message to the church late recently, uh, last night, as a matter of fact, I said, look, you know, this isn't a big deal right at the point because most people don't think about it. But I used to go and I could buy a specific brand of bread. I found it was good. It didn't cost a lot. It said it was, you know, it was, it, I like I like wheat. I like the one with the nuts and the grain in it. 
And I found one that I really liked. The price wasn't price point wasn't extremely high. And so that's the one I kind of started buying. All of a sudden it's not there. I had to move to a different uh, under the same name brand to a different variety. And it dried up. And now it's like you pick you go in there, you, you it's not there. Oh, well, maybe I'm just on the wrong day or whatever. I, I go to the store many different days and I'm, I'm retired so I can hit the store when I want. And guess what? It's not there. Uh, because you don't have selection anymore. Steve Quayle uh, was the one I heard it from first, and I, I've stolen it and used it quite a bit. It, we've gone from selection to availability. It's what's available. That's what you get. You want selection? It's those right there. One, two, three, period. Now, there's a lot of different varieties of bread, but you know, I'm not going to pay five bucks for a loaf of bread. I know it's probably the best bread there. It's probably the best bread for me. But, you know, with everything else climbing through the roof, I can't afford to pay because, you know, bread's a, it's a slice of bread in the morning for toast or whatever. You know, I'm not eating it all day long. But with this wheat problem that we're going to have because of the war in Ukraine, 30% of the wheat flows out of there. And that's going to cause us a problem. There, there's a guy popped up. I found him on, a, on another news program. Uh, it was a Fox business. He's the CEO of Goya Foods. And he's he goes on for a little bit, but he says some things that are rather interesting. So we're gonna we're gonna listen to an expert, and I want you to understand he keeps saying things like precipice of global food crisis, inflation hitting a new forty year high in the month of March. I kind of apologize for this woman. You know, she's a very intelligent lady, but she's got that squawky New York thing going on, and I, I kind of I, I trimmed her out on a lot of this thing. Americans especially getting hit hard at the grocery store. The price of items like dried beans, canned vegetables, flour, all up better than 10% from the same time just one year ago. Joining me right now is the president and CEO of Goya Foods, Bob Unanwe. Bob, it's good to see you. Thanks very much for being here. Assess the situation. How do you see inflation today? Good to see you, Maria. We are on the precipice of a global food crisis. God created humanity. Humanity has created every way to destroy itself from nuclear, biological, chemical. But now we've waged a war. We've weaponized food. In the Ukraine, between the Ukraine and Russia, they represent 50% of the world's production of fertilizer. 30% wheat, 20% corn, 2.5 million acres of sunflowers, other uh, food and, and minerals. They also have sand for fracking, sand for glass and you know they they have with Russia's doing with their land bridge they're also cutting off the Ukraine to the sea they've taken Mariupol pretty much Odessa is left if they cut off Odessa then they basically landlock the Ukraine and they can't export they can't either plant uh, right now when the planting season in southeast Ukraine where all these products are grown They've attacked irrigation systems. They've attacked uh, train systems. And they've sent millions of women and children into exile. But let me say that we have provoked, in a way, this war by showing an incredible 
uh, weakness around the globe and lack of resolve to protect the women, children, and the innocent. It's right there, he says a mouthful. You know, even if we didn't, which we have, stick our nose into this thing and, uh, well, we're going to sanction Russia. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to call on the world to do the other thing. Uh, that's not strength, by the way. That's still weakness. We should have stayed out of it altogether. But we're shoring up a guy who's questionable dealings with the Bidens over the past years by the name of Zelensky. Oh, he's a hero. Don't talk about him. You're an anti-Semite if you talk about No, I'm not. I've already described that or discussed that. Call it what it is when you see it. Tell the truth. And roll with it. Sometimes you have to. But what he said was, uh, you know, we provoked this with our weakness and our blase attitude towards the the weaker ones. In, in wow. Afghanistan. When, when we left women and children behind, usually women and children go first, we left them behind. And now they've sent yeah. millions of women into exile. If the United States, the greatest country on earth, doesn't stand up for the defenseless, who will? We will lose this country yeah. unless we love and build versus hate and destroy. This, we've given the green light around the world for people to abuse right and exploit women and children. We've given that green light by showing well, our weakness. You are bringing into this conversation a much bigger issue and a potential food shortage crisis. Are you talking about a food shortage crisis where Americans are not going to have access to food, never mind paying up in the double digits for the price of food? America will say, let them eat cake because we have abundance. We're the biggest consumers in the world. The countries that will suffer are the innocent ones in Africa and around the globe. We are the biggest consumers of drugs, of trafficking, of, of everything. We're gluttonous. We're going to have to tighten our belt and consume less. less. We've gone from oil independence to oil dependence. We've given up that position to, to have yeah. our oil at cost and to buy it retail and then ship it. Our shipping... When we bring in stuff from, let's say, Thailand, coconut water, we're paying 10 times the freight we usually take. Yeah. Now, we have oil in our land and in a pipe with zero transportation, zero ecological disasters. Yeah. And we got to ship it in a boat and, and, and put uh, the, account, the, uh, the, the world in jeopardy if a, if a, if a, yeah. if a ship is bombed or if it goes aground or, or whatever. So we've gone from... Right. Oil independence to be dependent. We're dependent now on everybody yeah. else. We're the greatest nation on earth. Well, We've been as, dependent yeah. on nobody. As opposed, what we've given that as up. We've given that up. That things are going to get worse. So you're sitting there at Goya. The, you are at a front row seat. Do you think these prices go even higher later on this year? Let's start there. Hmm. The biggest component in in food and anything is is transportation the transportation has gone as skyrocketed because we've given up our independence but 
You know, when you have an unbalance in the food production, in 2008, the price of grains tripled. Why? Because we were planting corn for ethanol instead of uh, rice and grains and, and, and other things. You know, the amount of sugar in That's corn to produce ethanol, it takes three gallons of fuel to make five gallons of ethanol. Whereas if you're not using sugar cane, which is much more higher sugar content. so. You know, but when you have an imbalance in the world production, 50% of fertilizer, that's, the farmers are paying double for fertilizer. They're planting yeah. less. The yields yeah. are going to be less. Their costs are going to go up. You know, with 30% of the, the world's uh, wheat production, if that goes unplanted in the Ukraine and yeah. corn and other things, that, we you know, we, our world is very, uh, it's, it's on, it's a very tight balance and if we interrupt sure. the food production, we will have a food crisis. Prices will go through the roof. We can afford it as a rich country. We're so abundant. But other countries, unfortunately, will not. And we will be the last ones affected. But like Marie Antoinette said, let them eat cake. And we can't do that. But it's going to happen. We can almost bet on it. When the experts, and this guy would have to be a, I'd have to qualify him as an expert. He owns a, a food company. Uh, look, it's a very narrow balance in these things. You know, it's not like, oh, 30% of the wheat, that's no big deal. Or, you know, the oil deal that where we should be pulling oil for ourselves and we're, instead we're buying it from somebody else because we want to be all ecologically friendly. I believe that we need to take care of this planet as well. We're stewards of it, but we don't need to be ignorant. We need to take care of people first. People first. People first. And you can't take care of people when their gas bill for whatever you use to heat your home. Now, if you're running windmills and, and solar panels, you're probably doing okay right now. But propane, natural gas, electricity, oil, fuel oil, all these things have skyrocketed. I talked to a guy yesterday who's in the business, and he told me that some of the companies, the propane companies running around, uh, over the winter, they had gas prices as high as $5 almost per, I think it's gallon, of propane. Can you imagine getting that bill? You, you had to take out a, a loan. So we're looking at some very dire times here with all these things. It's not just one thing that's happening. You know, the thing of it is, is like he said, we're on a precipice of global food crisis. And, you know, if you interrupt the production of whatever over here, I'm, I'm just pointing at things, or over there, it's going to have an impact over there and there and there and there. You know, and again, like he said, we're, we're, a, we're an abundant nation. We're, we're a, 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 a profitable nation. We have a lot of stuff. And we may pull through. We may pull through. I say may. 
But what about Africa? What about those other countries of like Indonesia and, and uh, Thailand and uh, not talking China, but although they'll be in trouble too, Asia, even Europe, parts of Europe, they're already having a hard time. So they're freezing with no gas from Russia. And I read you the food inflation that we have already here in the United States, which could go even higher. Think of that. Think about that. If it, if it popped another 10%, and these things happen, it seems like, overnight, you know, then port's 25% higher. Huh? Milk, 23% higher. A lot of people, I don't do a lot of milk. Butter, 22%. If it went up 10% from what it is now. Those are extremely high interest, or I'm sorry, inflation rates. And they affect us all. What do we do? I'm telling you right now, like I've said before, I said this for four years while Trump was in office. I told people to prepare. I told people to not worry about King Trump. And I'm, I, I, I like Trump too, to a certain degree. But, you know, some of my friends were all Trump, 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 Trump. He's the savior of us all. No, he's not. I'm sorry. He did some really good stuff. He's a lot better than what we have now or what we had before. He's probably one of the best we ever had since Reagan. But here's the problem. We elevated him, and a lot of people exalted him. When you do that, you're. I, I knew it. we're working on we're working on borrowed time. See, that's the respite respite between Obama and Biden was those four years of Trump, and look what they did. The 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 globalists, the elitists in our country, did everything they could to undermine him and keep him from being able to have a whole cabinet and everything else. And yes, those were worthy things to speak about. But we needed to be pushing people towards Jesus. Pushing people towards Jesus. And, and the preppers never stopped. Those who were in the know. They, they could see, you know, this is only a, a little window of opportunity. Buy the freeze-dried food that you can buy. Get, you know, get your garden going. You know, some people, now I understand, as you get older, it's harder to get down and do stuff. Uh Raised bed gardening is a big deal these days. Go on YouTube and you can see it and uh, find some of your family who's young enough to, to put the thing together. You know, if you've got a small area, at least you can grow a lot of stuff. Can it. Freeze dry it. Whatever it takes. Because the time is coming where we won't be able to afford what's in the store. Now, I pray that it doesn't. But, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to ignore what's right in front of you. It really is. Now, <laughs> what do you do with something like this? I, I've talked a lot about Steve Quayle and Doug Hagman and, and the sorts that I've listened to for a long, long time. Uh, Steve gave a, a rather long this is a really long thing I, I i shouldn't get into it now but I, I just a little 
little bit of the stuff he had to say uh, about a week or two ago. And ladies and gentlemen, you just saw the United States placed against a wall and the firing shot. Now, I love this country that was. I don't even know what it has become. Amen. I can't even define what it is except delusional madness. I can't even uh, come up with any appropriate terms at insanity, at, uh, you know, rebellion. Oh, there's, there's no descriptors. But I will tell you this. This is the extinction generation. This is the extinction protocol. This is the annihilation of human race. Now, I've been told I need to have more tact. Well, that's true. But here, if, if people won't see the obvious, then what good does it do to give them a metaphor? What is, and Doug, this is what I think. I think until they start paying $10, $15 a gallon for gas, until the shelves are empty, okay, let's talk about baby formula. I want to show people the thoughts behind the globalist destruction of human beings to rob children, which is the next generation, infants, to rob them of nutrition. And Doug, what's astonishing to me is the downriver or the um, uh, down genetic pool, they're killing everybody at the end point. There is no future for human beings. And that's what I've been writing about with genetic Armageddon, today's technology, tomorrow's uh, monsters, uh, writing in terminated, the end of the human race is here. It's not near, you know, midnight strikes, judgment unleashed. And yet God's people still will say to me, well, I don't know what you're talking about, repentance. I'm a good person. So why didn't you speak up against 250 million people slaughtered, little babies? Why? You're a good person. I categorically reject there's anything in a human realm of good. There's no such thing as a good Christian. There are redeemed Christians. There is no such thing as a hierarchy. There's only a level of surrender. This is what people don't understand. God made it very clear that we come to him through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit lifts up Jesus. It's the uniquest thing in the world that when you have a personal relationship with Jesus, he's your Savior. He's your Lord. He's your friend. He's your Redeemer. And so, so people somehow think they got to go to somebody to get them an audience with Jesus. That's not true. That's not true. And an entire, um, obviously, uh, I won't be involved or asked to speak at a Roman Catholic convention. But the point being is, is that Jesus, there's one intercessor between man and God the Father, and that is a man, Christ Jesus. You know? Confess your sins. We confess them before the Lord, you know? And and the deal is, is that there is a, how do I call it? The Greek divorce is the religious denial of access to the living God. I know that C.S. Lewis wrote a book like that, but, but I'm using a little different uh, sense. God says, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So what do people do? They want to make sure that nobody can come on to God or, and give, get rest because they're going to load you up with so many burdens, so much religious nonsense, so many uh, false uh, religious practices that people say, what's the use? And God said, well, I told you that. Come unto me. Come unto me. And so what's important is this. Jesus made it clear that the, the Christians are the salt of the earth and the, and the light of the world. But where is the salt and where is the light? 
friendship with the world's enmity with God. That means you're at war with God. Well, brother, I'm going to let it go there, and we'll we'll have more of that later. He really he really lays some things out later on in that uh, dialogue or monologue uh, that really hit the points and. I know if I play the entirety of it, it's like 11 minutes long. You might kind of get lost in it, but uh, we will. I've written it down here to come back and listen to some more of that because it is it is uh, it was powerful. I'll give him that. And even what he said there at the beginning, you know, that I love this nation that was the nation that was. I don't even know what it is now, and I I agree. You know, as a veteran, as one who even served in the government, I love this country. I wouldn't have done it. I didn't do it for me. Lord knows. I mean, I needed to move on from one job to another, of course, but um, at that point in my life. But, you know, why not anything else besides the Army? I went into, the, you know, and it was hard four years. I have told people, I did 20 years in the Army between 1986 and 1990. I was a little bit older, so a lot more got asked of me. And I was I was fine with that. I'm not complaining. But now, from 1986 to now, I don't even know where we are. I don't even know what we are anymore. We've lost our way horribly. Now, the, the, the bulk of the people in this country are good people. You know, you know, in the in the parlance of the world, good. You know, they're decent people. They're hardworking. All they want to do is work, and they want to be left alone. They don't want government overreach in, into their life every day. But that's what we get: the government of disinformation. You know, governance. You know, all this. Look, if you don't like what you see on Twitter, Facebook, and Amazon, wherever it is, just flick your finger if you're on a phone or whatever just flick your finger and keep going just leave it you don't have to read it you don't have to believe it even if you read it you don't have to adhere to it everything that dr sherry tenpenny or uh i or anybody else once you can't see me on twitter i got kicked off forever i think but anybody else all these different politicians if you don't like it and you don't you don't even have to comment just drop it and go on. If you're having a conversation with somebody you don't want to have it with on the phone specifically, just hang up. You don't have to sit there and grovel and, oh, my God, I can't believe she said that. She's killing people. He's killing people. They're saying all these things. Blah, blah, blah. We need to leave this thing today on a little bit higher note or funnier note anyway. This is a in a way it's hilarious there's a lot of there's a lot of fun involved in this one uh and you just have to it's tucker carlson from a couple days ago um and then we'll just say goodbye for today but this this is when i saw i actually laughed out loud i mean so it wasn't a chuckle there's a couple of things in here that just made me you know i had just if i had been drinking coffee it went out my nose Kamala Harris doesn't have a lot of fixed beliefs. Okay, none. Well, one, really, the one thing Kamala Harris believes is that the COVID vaccine works perfectly, and if you don't take it, 
You're a criminal. Here's the thing. Getting vaccinated is the single best defense against COVID-19 and its variants. It's the single best defense. I do believe that the act of getting vaccinated is the very essence, the very essence of what the Bible tells us when it says, love thy neighbor. Yeah. Right? It's like a religious observance, it's like a sacrament, it's like transubstantiation. And Kamala Harris, who's never actually had a job, knows a lot about medicine. So that's the setup to today's story, which you can already guess, which is Kamala Harris has guess which disease? Oh, COVID. And you know what that means? It means the vaccines work perfectly because when you get the vaccine, you get COVID because that's what they were intended to do. And we're quoting her, quote, I'm grateful to be both vaccinated and boosted. Harris wrote, because it's not any kind of ransom script. <laughs> and the funny thing is, they all said Barack Obama got Rona and he said the same thing. I'm grateful to be vaccinated and boosted. Hillary Clinton had the same thought. She was, quote, more grateful than ever for the protections that vaccines can provide now that she had COVID. And Elizabeth Warren, too, quote, I am grateful for the protection that comes from being vaccinated and boosted. Cory Booker put his signature twist on it. He said he'd be doing much worse without the booster. Weird how they all sound exactly the same. They get the shot, then they get Rona, and then they celebrate getting the shot. What's going on here? Jimmy Fallon hosts Fox Across America and Fox News Radio, also available on Spotify and iHeart. And we're happy to have him. Jimmy, how you doing? What do you make of this? Hey, man, let's get him. I want to defend Cory Booker really quick. Uh, it's not hey. enough to say I'm not unvaccinated. You have to be anti-unvaccinated, Tucker. Don't you know oh, that? yeah. That's Cory Booker speak right there. I mean, Kamala Harris, man, on some level you have to feel for her because she spent all yeah. that time kissing her husband with a mask on for no reason. Have you seen <laughs> that insanity, Tucker Carlson? Come on, man. Although I like the fact that she encourages people people to kiss with masks on because at least we know there's one border she doesn't want people crossing you know what i'm saying <laughs> but this is the thing okay performative stupidity like this is why yeah. kamala harris is currently polling behind isis yo yeah okay she's getting on tv and pushing the vaccine by telling everybody it didn't work tucker this is like me saying my wife and i are expecting a baby Thank God we wore a condom or she'd be a lot more pregnant than she is right now. Come on, man. And they do this again and again. Like, yo, if you want people to take the vaccine, don't tell them it doesn't always end good. Like there's a reason Carnival Cruise Lines don't show scenes from Titanic during the commercials. Come on. Stupid. Well, you do kind of have to wonder. I mean, I guess they've already cashed out their Pfizer stock, so it doesn't matter to them anymore. But if you... Why? I mean, how dumb do they think people are? Do they think people believe it? Is this a ritual expression of contempt for the population telling you something they know you don't believe but forcing you to pretend you do? Like, what is this? Well, that's what I would attribute it to. I think at this point they've become so entrenched in the fact that this has always been that cause that we're now living, Tucker, in something I consider to be the death of shame. Like, people yeah, will suffer any indignity right. if it means advancing their cause. So even if they have to get on Twitter and be like, I got, I got COVID, but I'm vaccinated. Like, again, you're telling us it didn't work. As far as all those tweets, I thought they were hilarious, okay? Oh, like, I love Hillary them. Clinton globbing on to the narrative. You know she's doing that because she wants to run again somewhere in the back of her mind. She'll never stop running. Tucker, someday at Trump rallies, they're going to be chanting, help her up. 
Okay, she'll be running when she's 105. And as far as Elizabeth Warren, she's a dope. The only advice I would give there, Tucker, because you're a good guy, never buy a used car off Elizabeth Warren. She sold my buddy a red Jeep Cherokee. We ran the Carfax. Turned out to be a white Suburban, Tucker. Come on. <laughs> I'm stealing that. Really quick, in 10 seconds, if you were to run a national poll and people could vote anonymously and you asked who's a bigger threat to you and your family, COVID or Kamala Harris, what do you think the results would be? COVID or Kamala? Well, honestly, I actually think it would be Kamala. This is the first time she'd be doing good in the polls. I say we run it. It'll boost morale in the wing. Come on, man. That was not a setup. I, he didn't know that question in advance. No, Jimmy, no, great no. to see you. Thank you. I appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, Tucker. Thank you. When he said a buddy of mine bought a Jeep Cherokee off of Elizabeth Warren. They ran the Carfax and it became, it was a white suburban. I, I about died. Uh, and for those that don't understand that she claims she's a, she's the whitest woman in Washington, DC, probably even in the country. And she claims that she's one sixteenth Cherokee Indian or something like that. So it just fit when he said about the chair, Jeep Cherokee, it really was hilarious. You know, we are, uh, gonna call this out of time for today and you're probably saying thank god he's finally given up he's finally gonna pull through this thing and go on and go outside and do something worthy but i did want to leave you with something that was at least funny uh jim jimmy failure he's hilarious you can see him on fox news uh, fox nation and he shows up on the Gutfeld show if you have cable. If you don't, it's okay too. I don't I don't get paid for saying any of that. Trust me. Hey. It's time to say goodbye for another day. It's April the 28th. We're almost through this month. 2022, Tom Richard, the Removing Confusion podcast. Saying, till next time, have a good one. When the company man tried to dig my daddy's grave And happened on a French-owned tanker ship Spilling poison in the Galveston Bay Well, the liquid fire filled his lungs And his eyes silenced any more cries Cold in the grave, death stinging pain He fought like hell to keep the wolves away